There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. For being here. Welcome to another episode of The Source Connection. Some people call me Tara Long, and I'm here with my co-host, who some people call Liz B. And we're here with our very, very special guest, who some people call Zoo B. And before we get to our conversation today, we'll just take a moment to be here together and relax and tune in. And if you'd like, you can close your eyes if that feels good for you. And just settle, settle the body, relax the body, just feel that natural state of relaxation as you breathe in and out, however it feels good for you. And if there are any tensions anywhere, Bring your awareness to those and just let the breath soften them without having to do anything. Just be yourself. Just relax into being yourself in this moment. Nothing to be, nothing to do. It's really feeling the perfection of just being here and being yourself. Feel that quality of wholeness and that quality of fullness and brightness that you are. No matter what's going on in your life, what's going on around you, you can always remember this space. You don't have to find it. It's already who you are. You're already free.
feeling the ease of your breath and the ease of your body. Knowing you can always come here. You don't have to do anything to earn it or be worthy of it. This is you. Deepest sense of you. You can take a few nice breaths, however feels good for you, and sigh it out. You can do it together three times. Mm. You can move your body how you'd like and shake it or move it. Ready, you can open your eyes. Ah, thanks everyone for doing that with us. Zuby, we love to, um, to let you introduce yourself and say whatever feels good for you right now. So how did you come to be here with us now in this moment? Well, I was sent a nice invitation video. I don't normally get video <laughs> invitations. And I was like, how can I say no to a video invitation? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but for those people who don't know me, my name is Zuby. I'm an independent rapper, author, host of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast public speaker and social media and fitness coach. I'm originally from the UK, grew up in Saudi Arabia, family background originally from Nigeria. And um, I'm a man of the world. I'm a man who's got a lot of interests and is known for a lot of different things. And here we are today. Mm, the sweetness. We were talking before you came in. Thank you for being here and trying to find words to um, describe you right to our audience and I told Tara I said keep trying to find the words and it's all these different things but one that sticks out to me is just a maverick and <laughs> just the men of many talents and the way I got exposed to you was through your Twitter content and just your honesty your ability to keep yourself in integrity with what you were feeling or noticing or whatever thing and just really straightforward, non-apologetic, almost uncancelable. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so, it's such a breath of fresh air to be exposed to that and just see somebody move in this world with that kind of, you know, presence. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. It's nice to hear that. Yeah. There's, if anybody listening, if you haven't, read Zuby's tweets and just <laughs> it's just it's always perfect it's always at the perfect time the words are always perfect the downloads are just so precise and just yeah and simple it's, too it's, right? it's yeah simple and you say things that other people just don't want to say mm -hmm. so yeah well I mean I'm a truth seeker and a truth speaker yeah um I've always wanted to use my voice to uplift inspire and motivate people it's why i became a rapper in the first place 
And with what I do now, I still do that same thing. I still do it through my music and I do it in different formats as well. I never really set out to become some type of socio-cultural, political warrior or mm. maverick to use the term that you used. <laughs> but as the world has become weirder and certain mm -hmm. things have become inverted and debased over the course of especially I feel like it's accelerated over the last six or seven years or so. Um, I mean, I've been doing music since 2006. That's when my first album came out. So I've, I've been in the game for a while. And many of the things that I now say or which people find very refreshing or profound, um, I don't think they needed to be said 10 plus totally. years ago. Or mm -hmm. if I were to say them 10 plus years ago, nobody would have found them particularly uh, controversial or mm -hmm. non-politically correct or anything like that. But we are living in this very strange time, particularly in the modern Western world, mm -hmm. whether you're in the USA or you're in the UK or Australia yeah. or Canada or certain parts of Western Europe, a lot of things just seem to be going weird. Um, and a lot of people are feeling that <laughs> a lot of people are feeling it. There's also a lot of fear. There's a pandemic of fear. There's a pandemic of cowardice, which has been going on before any other viral pandemic. If anything, that simply yeah. accelerated it and hardened it. And yeah. so I think in a time of a time of such chaos and such inversion, I think that there are hundreds of millions or billions of people in the world who are looking for the truth and for people who speak the truth and for people who mm -hmm. are open and honest and willing to have conversations, willing to jump on certain landmines and take the explosion <laughs> for other people. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy to dance around landmines and talk about things that people don't really want to, not yeah. because my goal is to be inflammatory or of to course. be offensive yeah. or to, you know, polarize people for no reason, but simply because we have to have conversations. If we can't talk, then the only other options we have are segregation or physical violence. So yeah. I'm a big fan of freedom of speech. I'm a big fan of conversation, debate, discussion. It's why I love these type of long form podcasts. I love public speaking. I love real world conversations. I love yeah. music. I love all of that. Um, I love comedy. And, mm. you know, all of these things have been being attacked. Not yes. in, um, yeah. again, we're not talking about in some far off distant land. We're talking no. about in our own countries, yeah, right? In the yeah. freest places in the world, people are self-censoring beyond yeah. um, a reasonable amount. And people yeah. are feeling like they can't say what they think. They can't voice their opinions. They can't talk about this. They can't talk about that unless they toe the line because they're worried about their jobs. They're worried about the cancellation yeah. mob. They're worried about being mm. called names. They're worried about all of these things. And I don't think that's a healthy nor sustainable way for a population to be. Amen. Yes, yeah. so true. I've heard you talk about, you talked about the inversion and I've heard you talk about feeling like this time is <clears throat> an overcorrection period that we're going through. Mm. Could you elaborate a little more on that and, and how you see things moving from, you know, just let's just say two years ago, right? Where we're at now and how everything's being processed through your lens. Yeah, sure thing. So when I look at human history and I look at the progress and the changes that have happened over centuries, decades, millennia, I believe that human humanity is always, we're generally on an upward trajectory in terms of 
equality and fairness and reduction in violence, increased life expectancy, um, reduced childhood mortality, reduced poverty, overall affluence and ability for people to have freedom and do things. We're generally on an upward trajectory, a little bit like um, a a stock market, right? You could look at the uh, Dow Jones (laughs) indicator and over the course of time, it's long-term, it's on an upward trajectory, but there are corrections, right? Sometimes small corrections, sometimes major corrections or even uh, depressions or recessions. And you can look throughout history. I mean, look, just look at the past century, look at the 20th century. There was World War One, there was World War Two, there was the you know, there was the rise of communism in different countries, there was Nazis and the Holocaust, and there was, there were these huge, horrible, multi-year corrections, to use that term, where things definitely went backwards, right? Things socially went backwards, there was violence, there was all, there were all of these bad things happening, and then things returned, and since then, things, things have improved and gotten better again. And I think that in many ways, not in such a severe fashion as with you know millions of people getting getting massacred or anything like that, we are living through a, I, I think a, a social and cultural overcorrection. Where particularly if you look at Western countries, just over the past century, let alone over the past several centuries, incredible progress has been made in yeah. terms of equality, in terms of the battles against forms of bigotry, whether it's racism or xenophobia or, or sexism or homophobia or whatever. I mean, if you live in the U- USA right now, if you live in the UK, I mean, it, things, have never, things have never been more equal. Things have never been more fair, both under the law and generally socially. I mean, we're living in, in time and place where, I mean, we've just had a whole month <laughs> We've just had a whole month celebrating, uh, you know, so so-called pride. So I mean, I mean that mm. that to me is a great example of an overcorrection. As we record this today, <laughs> I don't know when this comes out. We're recording this on July fourth, so yes. the USA Here has one day to celebrate <laughs> independence and an entire month to mm. celebrate pride. I mean, mm. if that's not an overcorrection, <laughs> what is right? It used to be just hey, look, some people are gay. You know, what goes on in people's bedrooms isn't other people's business. So, you know, um, and that's it. Now it's like, no, you must wrap yourself in a rainbow and you must go out there and you (laughs) must parade and you must pledge allegiance and you must put your pronouns in your Twitter bio and you must say this and you must do that, right? It's it's, it's gone, not just like, hey, some people are gay, get over it. Now it's like, no, you need to pledge allegiance. You've got to put up a flag. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. If you look at racial issues, right Mm -hmm. if you if you go back a century ago go back to 1922 racism was a was a big deal it was a bad problem big problem right there were the 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 kkk had millions of members there was all this you know horrible stuff going on people were getting lynched people weren't allowed to sit together people weren't allowed to go to the same restaurant sit in the same place right in the usa right let alone in in other places so and now in a hundred years which is one person's lifetime Look at the difference. But now it's yeah. overcorrected. Now yes. it's like, oh, okay. Yes. 
So let's be racist to white people now. Yes. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's force people to yes. let's encourage people not to be colorblind. Let's tell people that they must see color oh, and they must yes. they must center every conversation mm. and interaction around race. And we need to start labeling people again and calling people BIPOC and POC and this of color and that and, and just let's start labeling everything again. Let's yeah. start having us. You've got universities now where they're having segregated dorm rooms or segregated proms what? or segregated graduations. Mm -hmm. This and, and it's like oh, this is going goodness. this is going backwards so this is what i mean by wow. an overcorrection yes. look yeah, at the whole right. pandemic the entire pandemic yep. response overcorrection. overcorrection you created a situation where in my opinion you created more damage oh, through shit. the supposed solution than the thing that you were creating the solution for you oh, created mm -hmm. a bigger problem which we're now all dealing with inflation is shot through the roof probably going to go into a recession hopefully not a depression, but that's not off the table, rising mental health problems, other physical health problems, people yes. missing cancer diagnoses, millions of people losing their jobs, all the effect on children, mm. all of this, let alone mm. the loss of general freedoms and rights and liberties, which people are supposed to have, which they just mm. threw away. So that's why I use that term overcorrection, because yeah. it seems like instead of people wanting to kind of take things a little slowly and be grateful and appreciative and have gratitude yeah. for the progress that's been made in a relatively short period of time. It's like there is a percentage of the population that wants to just keep on going and keep on running and keep fighting battles, even if it means creating problems out of thin air or fighting against things and fighting against people who don't really exist. Or if they exist, they have very, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, so yeah. I've, yeah. I've never heard the term white supremacy in my life more than I have over the past three or four years. Absolutely. Absolutely. White supremacy is at an all time low. low. I've never met a white supremacist. <laughs> like I meet a lot of people. I've met hundreds of thousands of people. I've yeah. never met a white supremacist. Yeah. Right. But every yeah. day in the media, on Twitter, and these, well, we're fighting, yeah, they're white, everywhere. Supremacy. We're fighting yeah. white supremacy. I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> like what, what? Where, where, yeah. right? If yeah. I go, if I go outside, you know, and I start seeing people riding around in, in horses with like white hoods on or something, <laughs> then I'm like, oh crap, okay, maybe we need to fight white supremacy again. But they're just calling everything that, right? Yeah. A few years yeah. ago, everything was racist. Now everything is white supremacist, and everything is this and that. And this is not. It, it's destructive in many ways. It's destructive mm -hmm. in many ways, and it also minimizes. I call it label inflation, mm. right? So you minimize the power of these terms. If everything is racist, then, then how is, do you, then yeah. what is, right? If everything yeah. is a white supremacist, if everyone's There's a white no supremacist, yeah. then what do you call someone who actually believes in that ideology and who actually is pushing that kind of stuff? You, you don't have any words left anymore. So mm -hmm. I think people need to be mm. careful with how they deploy this kind of yes. rhetoric and the way that they try to frame and demonize people who may have some disagreements with them or hold positions yeah. that they don't and so on. Um, because otherwise it just keeps, it just keeps escalating. It just keeps polarizing and long-term that is not, that's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. Not um, sustainable. No. No. We've built something fantastic with, I mean, for all its flaws, the USA is a wonderful country right? The UK is a wonderful country. If you've traveled around the world and you've been to different mm. places and you see how people live, it's not deniable yeah. that these are fantastic countries. It's not by accident that so many people want to immigrate to them. Right. Does it mean they're perfect? No, nowhere is perfect. Right. Does it mean that nothing right. can be improved? No, 
But if you are not cautious with what you're doing and why you're doing it, then you're probably more likely to make something worse than make it better. If you're not a mechanic or you're not a surgeon mm -hmm. and you're really trained and qualified and you really know the ins and the outs, if you just like open up a car and start messing around messing with stuff around. or you open yeah. up a human body and you start cutting things and you start moving <laughs> stuff around, the probability that you're going to make an improvement versus make <laughs> things worse, the, it's, it's not really in that favor. And I, I feel like that's kind of what a lot of people are doing. They're just kind of like opening up the whole thing and yeah. going, nope, we need to dismantle everything. We need to tear yes. down the system. We need mm. to, we need to do this and this, we need to mm -hmm. decolonize or right? they just want to open everything up and just do surgery on society. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the people who are, who are doing this, uh, they're yeah. very enthusiastic and passionate but they're not necessarily uh, smart or, you know, done any research in, oh, they, yeah. they're often people who themselves, they, they can't even get their own lives in order, right? Their oh. own life, their own life is chaos, That's it. but they somehow think That's that it. they can fix the entire world and fix the entire system and force this on people and force that on people. <laughs> and it's like, man, you can't even keep your own room tidy. So what makes you think that, <laughs> right? You, you can't even get your own body in shape. So what makes yeah. you think that you can get all of society shape in shape and get all of yeah. society, right? It's yeah. that level of kind of hubris. Mic drop. We just, yeah. we just put out an episode called <laughs> clean your own room. Yeah. Because we were exactly <laughs> talking about that. In, yeah. In oh, detail. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's, I mean, whatever, anyone's beliefs or opinions are about what's going on in the world today. Um, there does seem to be all the things you're talking about has been, seems to be very deliberate, right? Very deliberate attempt to separate us, divide us, you know, create, um, create that. So, and it's been going on for hundreds of years, dare I say, it's just in the past in our lifetime that we've seen it really, really magnified. So I wonder Zuby for you, was this, did you come out just kind of seeing the world as it really is or like we could say you're awakening like how how did that happen for you how did you come to to know these truths for yourself was it an instant was it over time did you just already know like I know Liz and I talk about this we just kind of came out like what the f is going you know like what yeah. human what what you know why so, are you doing this why do you yeah do this people no sense at all like what's happening yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a good question. I'm, I'm not someone who ever really had a specific awakening moment. I've been, mm -hmm. I've been pretty awake since childhood. Um, yeah. I've always questioned things and mm -hmm. wanted to ask. I've always asked the question, why? I've always mm -hmm. tried to understand things. I was very, very curious as a child, just like I'm very, very curious now. Um, yeah. And I've always been interested in why do I behave and think the way that I do? Why do other people behave and think differently? Why do people do things that don't make sense sometimes? Why do people believe things that don't make sense sometimes? Why do people, some people believe this and some people believe that. Some people follow this, some people follow that. People have different religious views, political views. Countries do, do things in different way. I mean, and a lot of this is just by, by sort of accident of how I've grown up. So as I mentioned in the intro, I mean, my family background is originally from Nigeria. I myself was born in England and I'm a British citizen. I grew up in Saudi Arabia wow. and I went to an American school there for 
several years. And now my, uh, I spend a lot of time in the USA now and I have my biggest audiences in the USA. Mm-hmm. I've traveled to about 38, 39 different countries at this point and spent a good amount of time in some of them. So from very young, I've been traveling the world. I've been exposed to different types of people, different cultures, different religious systems, different um, even legal systems and political systems. And everything is, uh, so it it gave me that perspective because I could spend time in the UK and then I could go back to Saudi Arabia and some things are really different. Right. And sure. it's like, okay, yeah. why, why is it like that? Why is Saudi Arabia like this? And this is what people believe. And yeah. this is how they do things. And then you can go to the USA and it's like this, or even the differences between the UK and the USA, which are right. more profound than I think a lot of people yeah. think. Realize. I think that because okay. we speak the same language, many yeah. people kind of assume that, you know, you, the UK and the UK is kind yeah. of a smaller version of the USA. And it's like, there's some pretty big, <laughs> there's some pretty big cultural differences. Yeah. And when you spend time in both countries, or you go back and forth between the two, it will strike you how different some certain things are, or even if within the US, you travel to different cities and different it, states, yeah. right? California is not the same as Alabama, which is not the same mm-hmm. as Texas, which is not the same as New York, and so on. Right. So everywhere is different. And so for me, that's always been, um, that's something I was, I guess, exposed to early. And I've mm-hmm. always had a somewhat humble approach, I guess, to mm-hmm. learning and education and keeping an open mind. So I'm someone mm-hmm. who has very strong convictions on certain things, but not convictions mm-hmm. I've arrived to based off of nothing. It's based off of a yeah. lot of thinking and a lot of conversations and oftentimes a lot of debate and so on. And I'm not, I don't wrap my identity in those beliefs either. So I don't have this thing. I'm always humble enough to entertain that I could be wrong. And I've been Mm -hmm. wrong on things before, right? So I don't have (laughs) this like close. Yeah, but it it, it sounds (laughs) silly. but, But I think one of the big problems we have is that people don't people don't want to ever admit being wrong or even entertain the possibility that they could. So even with my most deeply held beliefs, my most deeply held beliefs, I still think, okay, well, what if, what if I was wrong, right? Every single day I have like internal debates with myself. I'll take my own positions (laughs) and I myself will challenge them and think, okay, well, what about this? What about that? How do you answer this? How do you answer that? And then there's some stuff where it's just like, you know what? I don't know. Here's what I think. Here's what it might be. Here are some considerations we could put on the table. But ultimately, I'm not sure. I don't know. And these things get more, there's nothing more complex really um, than I think human beings are the most complicated and fascinating thing on the world on an individual level, but even on, on 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 a mass level, right? So you take hundreds of millions or billions of people and you're trying to work out a let's call it a system right a system of structure or governance or lifestyle or something that Mm -hmm. can be accommodating enough for everybody that it's not super exclusive or the standard is not so high that people cannot live to it but that there is a standard and there is some guidelines and there are morals and there are ethics and there are laws because you can't just have complete chaos right just have Mm -hmm. hundreds of millions of people on a piece of land and just expect everything to go all right there has to be some type of structure but you don't want that structure to be so strong that it becomes 
repressive and it starts, uh, you know, it starts oppressing people and it starts excluding people and it starts forcing mm. people to do this and forcing people to do that. And it's always a balance. And I don't think that there's any perfect, you know, there's no perfect system and human beings certainly are not perfect. So mm. the best we can do is find something that, kind, you know, kind of works kind of and works. gives people a degree of autonomy and independence and freedom, but they're not going to go out and hurt each other, and kill each mm. other and take each other's stuff. Um, and if someone violates that, there has to be some type of correction. You know, to, yeah, there yeah. has to be some way to remedy to, to, yeah. to remedy that or to apply yeah. some type of justice. And these things are these things are complicated, especially it's even more complicated in a place like the USA, where there's such a broad range of beliefs. So mm -hmm. people can say what they want about a country like Saudi Arabia, you know, it has its pros and its cons, but something that's more simplified there is 99% of people follow the same religion mm -hmm. and core mm -hmm. belief system. So whether or not someone agrees with that, it's actually kind of more, it's, it's more simple because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we can operate off of this and this applies mm -hmm. to pretty much everybody and everyone agrees that that's what it is. If you take a country like the USA, it's so diverse and so chaotic and there's such a range of religious and political and social and cultural and moral beliefs that it's very hard to work out a system that, yeah. okay, how do we, I mean, you've got, I mean, you, there's the constitution and the bill of rights, but there's people who, who think the constitution is trash, right? There's Americans yeah. who don't even oh, yeah. believe in the constitution, right? And who don't, yeah, who don't even absolutely. support it, right? Let yep. alone there being any kind of like national, there's not really any real, you know, national re religion and right. with, with the different, there, there's so, there, there's so much diversity. And that's one of the things that makes it such an exciting and an interesting right. nation, but it's very much an experiment at the same time, because what is it, you know, I think that's an interesting question, actually, what is it that Americans have in common? Mm. Right? What, what, what's the answer to that question, right? Whether someone is a Democrat or a Republican or atheist or Christian or Muslim or this or that, you know, race and ethnicity, all these things, like, what's mm. that common thread? And I mm. think that's actually an important question for Americans themselves, and especially I think American leaders, to have a good answer to, because I think mm -hmm. it used to, e I think it used to be easier to answer. And I think mm -hmm. one of the problems with the USA right now, and one of the threats to it is I think that a lot of people don't know, don't know what that answer is. And I think a lot of people's answer is actually nothing. No, we don't have anything in common. And mm -hmm. that's kind of dangerous if you want a country to hold together. It's supposed to be the United States <laughs> of America, not mm -hmm. the divided States of America. So for something to be united, there has to be a through line. There has to be some commonality in terms of beliefs and mm. standards and all of that in order for it to function. You can have a lot of diversity within that, but there has to be something holding it together. Mm. When, you, when you talk about Saudi Arabia and you talk about a deeply held belief that kind of guides society in a way, would you attach that to then the moral values that then makes it easier to discern right from wrong? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like just wraps it all clearly for people to not have to do that mental work necessarily when you say it's simpler, because there's almost like guidelines that people operate from to where compared to here mm -hmm. in the US, 
kind of anything goes and let's see what happens mm -hmm. in a way, right? That's what we, I, I don't know, it feels more like it lately, more Babylonian in that way of just like no accountability, no responsibility, and it's just whatever thing. And almost like the moral compass has been lost mm -hmm. or yeah. buried in a way. So would you attach that conviction, that strong religious conviction to, you know, moral behavior and moral compass and guidance? Yeah, they're, they're absolutely very, very strongly connected because one of the most fundamental things that comes with religious belief is a system of morality and mm. ethics and laws, mm. right? These are, the, these, these are the commandments. These are the rules that you follow. This is it. Mm. And then people have an objective basis for which to base everything else on. So whether or not someone is, uh, you know, so a country like Saudi Arabia, I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the statistics, but certainly amongst the, the local population, I mean, the, I don't know what, 98% Muslim, 99%, mm -hmm. I, I, I mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah. So they all are looking at the, the Quran, the same book, right? This is yeah. where our source sure there, there might be internal debates just like people have debates about the bible or any other religious text about right. how certain things should be interpreted or exactly what they mean or when and how they should apply but it's clearly a a set of rules standards things you should strive for a way you should live mm -hmm. your life mm -hmm. and everyone's like okay this is the this is the ultimate authority right this mm. is this is god's book this is this is the authority um we don't just individually, every single person makes up their own moral code and their own ethical code and their own way of doing things and all of that. No, this is it. This is what we follow um, and respect that. And through yeah. the, the government, through the population, through the social structure, through cultural, everything, everything goes through so. that. So it's, it's much more simple. Now, in throughout Europe and, you know, in the USA, for sure, there, there used to be that same thing, right? Christianity. And it's still there. It's still there, but it's not as strong. It's not as strong as it's, as it, as it used to be. I mean, the USA used to, you know, 90% plus of Americans used to mm -hmm. consider themselves Christian, and mm -hmm. I don't know what percentage would have been going to church every week right. and so on, but it was a lot it, it, that, that, that simplifies things. And, and this is not to say that, you know, I mean, I, I had the, the we, we were literally talking before about how a, a century plus ago, there was, you know, all, there were all, right. there were all these problems and that exists, you know, in a place that was supposedly more Christian. And yeah. a lot of those things I'd say very much directly go against what should be Christian values. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know how, I mean, people used to try to, you know, justify slavery off of, you try to use the Bible to justify yeah. slavery and things right. like that, which is right. bizarre. Yeah. Um, so this is not saying that this is a perfect, it's not saying that, oh, you know, the, the, this is, this yeah. is some type of yeah. perfect system or that some type of discrimination or oppression can't cool. exist under it or within it, or it can't even be sure. used in some cases to <laughs> supposedly justify or rationalize it. But at the same time, it's like an it's like an anchor. It's like an objective anchor where you've got something mm -hmm. written down, uh, not just within the, the text of the, of the formal laws, but you've got something and it's like, okay, this is what we're all mm. supposedly at least 
aspiring towards and what we believe in. This is where it comes from. And we're, we're at this strange phase of society right now where uh, many, you know, mi millions and millions of people, that's still their, their standard and their right. beliefs and so on. But for other people, it's this. For other people, it's nothing. For some people, it's... It, and sometimes the, the narratives run counter to each other in some yeah. cases. And how do you, how do you resolve that? Um, mm. If one person wants it, it I, I think, I think what's happening, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to popularize this phrase over the next <laughs> few months, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to first use this term here because I've thought of a term, which I don't think anyone has used. And I want to coin this term because I think this is really one of the greatest concerns. A lot of times you hear people talk about political polarization and political right. division and so on. Yep. I think the big problem is actually moral polarization. Mm. Right. Mm. I don't think it's just political. I don't think it's as simple as, oh, there's a divide between what people call the left and the right or between, you know, liberals mm. and conservatives or Democrats and Republicans. I mm. think that there's actually a moral polarization, which is happening. And you're seeing this very clearly with certain issues you're seeing it very clearly with um the whole transgenderism issue and how it's being especially pushed and applied to children yeah right yeah. um you've got situations where there are things happening which i think 10 or 15 years ago everyone would have agreed like no that's bad no. right yes. no, right no, everyone yes. it doesn't matter whether you're where you are politically Right. And that's not happening anymore. You've now got people who think it's good and correct to um, give minors, put them mm -hmm. on hormones or hormone yeah, blockers, yeah. stop them yeah. going through puberty, uh, yeah. cut up their body mm -hmm. in some mm -hmm. places, mm -hmm. render them infertile, create permanent changes <sighs> to 11-year-olds, yeah. 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, yeah. children who in any other circumstance cannot consent to right such they can't drive right. they, 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 no, yeah, they can't vote they can't get a tattoo even, no yeah. exactly yeah. exactly but i can um, get major but, yeah yeah and everyone i think you know if you took liberal or even a progressive person 15 years ago and showed them some of the stuff that's happening right now yes they yeah. would have been like oh my gosh this is this is terrible this is a bad yeah. idea right if yeah. the same people yeah. if you ask them what is a woman? What is a man? They would have been able to give you a straightforward yeah. answer. Now there's a whole debate around, I mean, there's nothing yeah. more fun. What, what is more fundamental than male and female and man? Yeah. Well. I mean, mm. you don't need to, again, you don't need yeah. to be, you don't need to be religious. To, right. uh, this is, this is very basic biology, right? Yeah, Not right. just in our human species, every yeah. other species, right? Females, males. Have a, you know, yeah. there's males, there's females. Yeah. You don't pick. Um, you get an approximate 50-50 split and some people are born male, some people are born female. Every single person on this planet was birthed birth from a woman with no exceptions. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> men, men, don't, men don't get pregnant. Men don't nope. menstruate. Like, yeah. It's not a nope. thing. Um, but there will be someone who's even maybe listening to this right now. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's a bigot. He's a transphobe. He's like crazy, <laughs> right? You know, women, women can have penises. Men can yeah. give birth and so and. Again, to me, that's that's deeper than a political polarization. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. a fundamental difference in absolutely. how people are even perceiving reality, or whether yeah. people even believe reality exists. You know, that used yeah. to be the truth. Now people say my truth, your truth, his truth, her truth. Mm. You know, they say that truth is subjective, 
And mm. that is very, I think that's mm. what's unnerving because if people can't even agree on facts and then debate the opinions about those facts mm. and people are operating mm. off different facts, again, this, I think this happened with the whole pandemic situation. I right, don't think yeah. that, th th as far as I'm concerned, right. there were there were like two versions of COVID out there, right? Totally, at least two, at least two more, yeah. Right, and I'm, I don't I don't mean from a virology perspective. No, I mean from yeah. a, a perception. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So to yeah. to some people, you're dealing with um, you know, a a super deadly virus that's dangerous to everyone. You know, men, yeah. women, children, people of all ages. You know, yeah. killing millions fear, of people. Fear. Got a yeah. very high offer, right? So we must do this. We yeah. must do that. We have to do this and that and then other people it was like okay yeah there, you know there's a there's a virus but it's got an over 99.9 percent survival rate and the majority of the population if you're old or you have certain comorbidities then you may not want to get it right, um right. but you know the, the 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 way the whole thing was perceived was totally different and then based off that it, it sort of fractured society um in very different lines where to this day you still have people who are terrified of mm. this virus. I mean, we're, it's it's now been more than two years, uh, two and a half years. Yeah. And you've mm -hmm. still got people who, you know, they won't go outside without, you know, yeah. they, they've had five, they've had five jabs, but they yeah. won't go outside right. unless they've got two masks on and they're still afraid to hang out there. This, I'm like, this person's not dealing with the same disease that I am. No. Right? Like no. what, the, what their perception no. in their head of this different virus is world. totally different to my yep. perception. I would argue that mine is a lot closer to reality, um, <laughs> but that person is certain that what that they're this. doing makes right. sense and that they are protecting themselves and they're protecting other people and that anyone who doesn't yeah. take the same measures is being reckless or doesn't care about people or is selfish sure. and so on. And so I think that's why that whole situation just became in, in different countries, not just in one place, it became so yeah. polarizing and people became so hostile and aggressive because mm. one side viewed it as, um, you know, not that it was a simple binary split, but roughly speaking, one yeah. side viewed it as this is the most serious and deadly pandemic mm -hmm. of our, of our lifetime yeah. and it's, it's killing millions of people and we need to do absolutely everything yes. and force this and force that and even give up some freedoms and take away other people's freedoms in order to protect people for health and safety and for the mm, greater good right. right and then the other side views it as oh my gosh this is crazy people are massively overreacting um yes yeah. there's a virus but it's nowhere near as deadly mm. as you're putting out there uh, yeah. There are various treatment options and preventions available, right. questions about the efficacy of lockdowns and masks and yeah. uh, social distancing and this and that, all these things that were forced on people. Um, and you also have different mentalities around this. And this is yeah. where it kind of leads into politics, where you, you have some people with much more authoritarian mind states and some yeah. people with much more liberty-oriented mind states. Mm -hmm. So, for example, my position was never that people shouldn't be allowed to socially distance or shouldn't be allowed to stay at home or shouldn't be allowed mm -hmm. to wear masks or take that. It was just like, just don't, don't force it on everyone, sure. right? Let people yeah. make their own decisions. We are adults. The yeah. virus affects different people differently. Some people live by themselves. Some people live in multi-generation households and have, you know, a father or a grandfather or a grandmother who's, you know, particularly vulnerable and maybe they need <laughs> to take some extra care. Um, you know, if you think that masks work, then, you know, you, you can wear, wear a mask if you like, I, I don't, yeah. you know, if you want to wear one, you don't, 
that, that's that's on you. I'm not even that interested in debating the uh, efficacy <laughs> of it, but yeah, it's just totally like, right. don't force people to do that. Again, yeah. it's funny because I, I grew up in Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. right? And growing up in Saudi Arabia, one of the things people always said was, oh my gosh, I've heard that they make women cover their faces in public. That's so horrible. That's such an attack on liberty and freedom. Mm. Right? There's countries where they went from banning face coverings in public mm -hmm. to mandating mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Hello, hello, mm -hmm. Belgium. Hello, hello, France. Right. And mm -hmm. so you see how quickly these change and people are yeah. like, oh, you can't do that comparison because this one's about science. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. is it who's really? Science? Who, yeah, exactly. Who's who, science? Who, who, who science is it? Right. You know, it seems <laughs> yeah. like the same psychology is at play here and it's coming under a different name and a different guise, yeah. but really you're mm. doing the same thing. So I feel like I've been talking for a long time. So let me oh, give, no, the, give the mic fine. back to you ladies. I, I want to back up a little bit when you were talking about um, asking the question or Americans asking themselves the question, what do we have in common? And so what if we took it a step further and we asked just what do humans have? What do we have in common as humans, as men and women, right? Beyond like even a country, but what do we have and really bringing it back. And also we were talking about law, right? And the law of um, natural law or law of mankind is there's only one law and that's do no harm. <laughs> that's it. It's, it's actually very simple. Mm -hmm. So can we, can we, because we're so complex and we have all these differences, mm. can we agree to some, or those who want to, those who don't want to, that's fine. But to something simple, like we all want X, Y, Z. And there are many things as humans that we can agree that we all want, right? We all want to be healthy. We all want to have joy. We all want to be with people we love, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Which brings me to, um, kind of pivoting here, but brings me to, I saw you wearing a t-shirt on your Instagram that said critical based theory. <laughs> and I was interested in that. And what can you explain that and what that means and what that means for you? Yeah, yeah sure. You uh, CBT. Uh, so obviously <laughs> it's a play on the term critical race yes. theory, yeah. which is, um, I'm not going to give a whole definition of that, but no. people want to look up critical race theory. If you're not familiar yeah. with it, you, you can. Um, so it's a play on words. So based, man, how do you even define base? Yeah, how do based, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would define based as someone who is someone who's based as someone who is authentic, who's a truth mm. seeker, who's mm. a truth speaker, who doesn't nice. go along with the majority simply because it's the majority who's willing to have questions, keep an open mind, have discussions and debates, including mm -hmm. things that might be potentially polarizing or deemed controversial. And I guess that's how I would sum up in a way what, what based means. Um, that's a good summary. Yeah. 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 So yeah. on the, on the shirt, it has things like uh, some of those terms, you know, in, integrity, liberty, mm. freedom, truth, mm. courage. So these are all things that make somebody grounded. I mean, that's where the term mm -hmm. base really comes from, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's like you're, a, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're grounded. You're got a base, down to yeah. earth. Um, yeah. You're, you've got your feet planted. You've got your head on straight. You're, you've got your emotions in check mm -hmm. and you're not just a leaf that's blowing around with the winds of society, right? You know, it goes, it goes that way and you just go that way because everyone else did, or it goes that way and you go that way because everyone else did. Um, 
so there's not a there's not a whole uh, theoretical framework around critical base theory as of mm -hmm. yet. Maybe there will be. Zuby's <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> bringing it in, yeah. But yeah, I Your just wanted to make a polarization. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to make theory. make a I wanted to make a, a fun a fun and funny T-shirt that yeah. um, represents the values that I myself strive to embody yeah. every day, yeah. and yeah. which I think if other people embraced then we would actually just have a much more mature, wholesome, successful and functioning society. Mm. Um, mm. As I've said, you know, I think we're I think we're doing, you know, overall, in the grand scheme of things in the grand right. scheme of history in the world, mm. we're we are doing pretty well. Um, mm. However, I'm concerned that over the past couple of years, things have moved backwards in yeah. many regards. And I would like to see things um, move forward and continue to improve. I do want people to become better versions of themselves. I do want people right. to um, become more courageous and be more open-minded and be more interested in the truth, not just the narrative, not just the bias, um, but really understanding what's actually happening. And um, there's a lot of tribalism that's going on and people simply wanting to go along with the narrative of whatever their given tribe is. And I think whenever you got, get caught in that, it's, um, it's a dangerous situation and it's, it moves you away from truth and reason. And I think that's when, yeah. yeah, that's when emotions and subjectivity and peer pressure and all of those things become very, very powerful. And when that happens to an extremely powerful degree, actually, we end up in, in dangerous and potentially murderous and genocidal situations um, as a human species, because pe people need to remember that humans haven't changed, like we haven't evolved over the past 100 years, right? All the bad stuff that happened in the past century or previous ones was done by people who are like us, right? We, we, we all the only advantages we have as modern humans is we have we have access to that history, should you yeah. choose to study it, and right. we have better and we have better we have better stuff. We have better technology. <laughs> that, that's all. That's all we have on our ancestors. Our ancestors were, you know, I'm sure they could do plenty of things. I'm sure my ancestors could do, do plenty of things that I have no idea but how to do. Absolutely. Um, I know how to yeah. use a computer, and I know how to run a podcast, and I can do stuff that they can't do. <laughs> right. uh, so we have different technology, but fundamentally, I mean, in terms of our instincts and our emotions and mm -hmm. our cognitive biases and our um, proneness to to tribalism and bias mm -hmm. and all of these things, tendencies towards violence in certain instances and so on, especially mm -hmm. to people deemed outsiders or outside the group, that is still within human beings, right? It hasn't oh, been right. magically, hasn't right. magically disappeared. It's still oh, there. Right. And I don't think yeah. people like to, I don't think people like to recognize it or talk about yeah. it because it's kind yeah. of dark and no one wants to imagine, oh my gosh, right? If I was alive at that time in history, would I have been right. one of the bad guys. Um, truth is, most people would have been. Um, yeah. No one, no one wants to, no one wants to think of it that way. Everyone wants yeah, to think really. they would have been the hero, but most people would have been in the majority. Whatever the majority is doing, most people will yeah. go with the majority. Yep. Um, and so these are things that I think about a lot, and I've thought about a lot over many, many years. And when you start seeing that level of polarization or certain types of rhetoric pop up when people mm. start dehumanizing each other and yeah. um, othering, uh, yeah. othering, othering, wishing harm yeah. or death upon people or celebrating yeah. when somebody yeah. gets sick or when somebody oh. gets 
all that kind of darkness, that's when I'm like, yeah, like you're, 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 you're falling into that dangerous territory again. This is why I was got really concerned last year when, you know, the sort of there were, do you remember that period where it was the demonization of the unvaccinated? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For like eight months or 10 months, it was just like, the unvaccinated yeah. just became like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, really? became, it got it got yeah. re- pretty freaking bad like people were yeah. advocating yeah. there were people advocating that people be put in prison for not taking the shot oh, yeah. or they'd be de- de- yeah. denied health care denied access to their children um not allowed to go to restaurants not allowed to go to gyms and cinemas not allowed to travel this and that. i mean who are this we is, yeah yeah what i mean the- yeah. And people, and people, and people were justifying it and saying, oh, well, yeah. you know, this is good. This is about the greater You're good. Killing people. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've heard that greater good thing before. Right. Right. Isn't that what Mao said? Isn't that what Stalin said? Isn't that mm. what Hitler said? Like mass formation. And people, and, and people mm-hmm. don't like it when you may bring up those comparisons, but it's like yep. psychologically. It's You're act- dealing with exactly the same. The same. Yep. You're dealing with the same psychology same at formation. play. And if this is not put in check, this yeah. will escalate to a point where people are willing to hurt, harm, kill other people, or employ someone else to do the dirty work for them um, in order for them to get their way. And that still Mm. is in, it's still within people. So as as modern and fancy and technologically as we uh, advanced as we are, um, I'm very aware that you know, we, we, we haven't really evolved where we're still the same human beings. Mm. So I think if you recognize that though, if you recognize Mm. that, then you yourself can guard against it because you can see when things are going that way in society. And even within yourself, you know to, okay, I don't like to accept that I have this dark part within me that could potentially be activated in certain circumstances and scenarios. Um, But by me recognizing it, I can control it, right? I can keep Mm -hmm. that in check. Like I recognize as a human being, and especially as a man, and this is something that's rarely talked about again, you know, um, because I think in, in our society, we don't like to talk about some of the differences between men and women and so on. But like, <laughs> I mean, as a man, and, and any man who's honest knows this, right? As a boy, as a man, you have this, like, there's this, there's an aggression, right? There's an aggressive energy and competitive energy within you. There's a capacity for violence. Mm-hmm. There's a capacity mm-hmm. for destruction. I mean, there has to be for you to be able yeah, to just survive. Yeah. For you to be yeah, able absolutely. to survive and protect and pr- yes. provide, right. If you have yeah. a, like a man's job is to be a physical protector to protector. some degree. Well, you look, yeah, at, yes. look at whether you're a father or a brother or a police officer or a fireman or a soldier, right? Like men are warriors of societies. We protect physically yeah. women and children. And in order to do that, you'd have to have a capacity for violence. You have yeah. to have a capacity for aggression and competition and so on. So that's within, that's within us. That's within me. And it's there, right? Yeah. I know every time I go to the gym, like I feel it, right? It's like, yeah. oh, all right, but I'm putting it yeah. out there in a, in a positive way. Yeah. So right. I think as a man, one of the biggest challenges and things you have to learn is to channel that energy into mm. something positive, something creative, right? So that yeah. you're building instead of destroying. Yeah. If you're not building, you're probably destroying whether you realize it or not. And um, mm-hmm. I think when you recognize that that is something within you, then you can you can harness it for good, rather than let it splash out all over the place. And then you Everyone. end up. I mean, yeah. you, you you see the results of what happens when that is not when that is not contained and channeled pro- channeled properly. Oh yeah. Right. You know, people go out and 
I mean, you, you see it manifest it on in terrifying, horrible ways, you know, mass shootings yes. and yeah. school yes. shooters and people like that, right? That they're all they're all men. They're all men, right? These are young men who have not been harnessed that in the right way. And it's see it it's got into a bad time over a period of years and it and it, it it explodes outwards, right? Whether they're planting a bomb or they're going out or they're shooting people or they're stabbing people or this or that, or it can turn inwards, right? They end up killing themselves. Self-destruction. Or they end, is, yeah, or they yeah, end up engaging yeah. in drug, you know, overdosing on drugs and behavior, becoming yeah. a drunk and just someone who wanders around the streets and screams at people or whatever it is, there's all these negative ways that it can manifest. And so yeah. I, I think it's more, I think it's just so important for people to see and recognize the, um, you know, it's good for us to see our, to see our virtues and see our positive potential, mm -hmm. but also to recognize our potential vices and yeah. way, you know, think, so things that, things that we have within us yeah. that have the potential to become negative or destructive to ourselves and others because if, if yeah. you hide from it and you never recognize it then who knows what will happen one day in the future yeah. you know there could be some situation that arises and it takes a little bit of courage for you to step up and say you know what no i'm not i'm not going along with that or you know what i'm not doing that right. that goes against my values that goes against my principles you know what i know where this road leads and i don't want to i don't mm -hmm. want to engage in this type of behavior or this type of rhetoric, because I, I know where this can lead. Um, and I think that if more people had done this work and were willing to do it, then mm -hmm. I, I think certainly, I mean, the, the past two and a half years, I think would have looked very different. Um, but I think that w when more people are willing to do that, then I don't know, I think our, our society will level up. Yeah. In, it'll, it'll, it'll level up in another way and people will be able to have some of these conversations and discussions and at least try to fix some of these yeah. problems in a way that is healthy rather than destructive because I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like so much stuff around is just destructive. I, I'm not, I'm not seeing it as constructive. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing it as destructive and moving things backwards mm -hmm. rather than forwards. I have a couple of things that were coming up as you were speaking. My dad used to say, sometimes we need to take two step backs to, you know, take 10 forward. And maybe mm -hmm. that's the backward feeling that we feel at this moment where it just feels like we're going back and like, oh my God, what are we doing? We're becoming even more, you know, unleashed, but not in a good way necessarily. Like what's going on? Um, and so maybe connects to that overcorrection that we need to kind of see things in just such extremes to recognize, wait a minute, what is the middle point here that we can find because we haven't been balancing. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about the violence, I hear, how do we integrate that part of ourselves? Because we are in this experience also animals, as you were saying, in that sense, we have the instinct for violence, for aggression, right? And if you don't recognize that and don't integrate that, you don't even know when to use it or how to use it because there may be a time in somebody's life where they need to pull that out and they need to be precise with that, right? So when you talk about going to the gym and really just focusing and harnessing that energy and structuring yourself in a way that you can have that within you and you can recognize that, but you also know when to tap into that when it's important, when it's not, when it's just a reaction rather than a response, right? The ability to just respond to something. And um, I feel like 
because of this past couple of years that things have amped up also, I believe that people are recognizing that right here, we are talking about it and going, okay, so how do we move from here on? How are we become responsible for ourselves? Because I think that's the biggest piece right there. It's not even looking for somebody to tell me what to do and how to do it, but really just reconnecting. That's why this is called the source connection. How do we individually connect to whatever it is greater than me, whatever it's greater than all of us together. And we come from that place of do no harm and respect and to reclaim what ultimately we have, which is the right to freedom. We, that's our inalienable rights. Nobody can take that from us. It may look like that, right? But here we are choosing over and over again. Yeah. How do we reposition ourselves in regards to everything that's happening? How do we learn to move in the world in different ways than what we've been used to? How do we choose to see things? And um, I feel optimistic in that way that more and more of us are actually tuning into that, right? Mm -hmm. And going mm, and having these conversations. And what I like to bring is your podcast is fantastic because you bring in a lot of people who actually are doing amazing things. They're not waiting for anybody to tell them what to do. They're not waiting for somebody to give them permission, right? They're literally doing this. They're doing it. They're, mm -hmm. they're creating the little school in their homes and then that magnifies and becomes something bigger. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're helping the whole neighborhood kids that you know, may not have had a chance or somebody is taking journalism in a different way and going, what is my role here? And then redefining that and not waiting for somebody to tell them you do it like this and going, no, I'm gonna do it this way because it's in integrity, it's in respect, it's in whatever thing, right? And with that, I'd like to know what's your most memorable episode or guest or who you've mm. talked to that was just really like, <laughs> and that may be a hard question, but I'm just curious because I really enjoy it's just really boots on the ground and it's people from all backgrounds and just doing, you know, just out there, just being yeah. themselves. Wow. Picking a guest is going to be so mm -hmm. hard. I've, I've done over 200 episodes of my I podcast know. Yeah. Or a couple. You could just, yeah, it doesn't couple. need to be one, but what, maybe the question can be like, what's been so memorable for you from that experience? Maybe that's, yeah. You know, yeah, I think what's I think what is memorable what what I love about doing my own podcast and other people's is simply that you know the this is how we this is how we solve problems mm -hmm. and this is how we expand our minds and this is how we build empathy and compassion with people right. we agree with and disagree with and we find where we agree and where we disagree and why and we are constantly engaging in this not not a battle but a a dance of mm. ideas every mm. time you talk to someone every time you have one of these conversations you become a little bit wiser you become a little mm. bit more knowledgeable you become a little bit more empathetic and compassionate because you can see different perspectives like all of us are, we're each of us is only one person right so we are naturally limited to our own experiences the places we've lived the things we've seen the people we know, and so on. And the way that we learn is by exposing ourselves to others. We can, that's literally what happens when you read a book or when you listen right. to a podcast or when you watch a documentary or you're getting yeah. someone else's ideas and vision and perspective. And wh whether it's coming through entertainment or education or just a conversation. So I think that for me, that's what's amazing about it. And that's what's magical because I think that's, that's 
really the solution to mm. so much of what we're doing. I think um, yeah. we, we, one person, I mean, one person can have a big difference in the world for both positive or negative, but if we all combine our brain energy and our <laughs> perspectives and our ways of looking at things, even mm. when we disagree, at least at a minimum, you'll be able to understand where the other person is coming from. If you open your heart and you open your yes. mind and you yes. suspend the desire to interrupt or to just put your own position across, if you at least listen, you might completely disagree. And it's hard, it's hard to listen to someone voice something that you like really <laughs> yeah, are like, just like, oh my gosh, like this person is it's hard to do. Yeah. But at least if you do it at a minimum, you can be like, okay. I think they're wrong on that, but I can see their thought <laughs> process and I can see uh -huh, right. how they've arrived there. And then after that, you know, if it's something you have an issue with, you could say, okay, well, what about this? Or mm -hmm. What about that? You can ask them questions. You can introduce ideas. If they've got mm -hmm. something factually incorrect, you can show them a fact and say, actually, you know what? It's, have you this, looked at this? this is, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this is what the yeah. fact is. This is what the data shows or so on. Um, and look, there's 8 billion people in the world. We all need to get on somehow we need to at least as you said not not harm each other not kill each other at a minimum <laughs> yeah. right not everyone's yeah. going to be minimum, friends we, minimum. we can't all be friends yeah. with each other that's not yeah. i don't even want eight billion friends oh heck um, yeah. but yeah. i can i can coexist with eight yes. billion people um yes. and i can we can be civil we can be respectful yes. we can be kind and compassionate and we can at least, like I said, you know, we can at least get on and not be constantly warring and fighting and trying to hurt yeah. each other and trying to kill each other and trying to take too much of human history has, has been that, right? Just nonstop yeah. battling and fighting and tribalism and killing each other and taking each yeah. other's stuff. And, you know, I, I don't even, Lord knows how many hundreds of millions of people have uh, mm. died in that yeah. process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, are we ever going to move to a place where there's no wars? Mm. As much of an determined. optimist, as much as an Might optimist as I am, I, I think it's unlikely. <laughs> but I, I think we can. Uh, I think we can minimize certain things, mm. right? You know, I don't think we can get rid of 100% of, of violent crime in our in a society. I think the only way you could do that is to get rid of 100% of people, and that's not a good solution. <laughs> um, so I don't, well, it's a I don't, solution. It's yeah, just... so I'm, I'm wary of uh, utopian notions of reducing everything bad down to zero or getting mm -hmm. everything good mm -hmm. up to 100%. But, you know, you can, you can make a change. Do I think we could get crime down like another... 50 60 70 maybe 80 percent down from what it currently is yes yeah i, I think we oh, probably yeah. can yeah. right can we get a situation yeah. where there's zero poverty and zero homelessness i don't know about that one but we can make it a lot better um you can make it a lot yeah better. you could probably yeah. slash it by 80 percent um yeah. there might be people who you know unfortunately sadly in various ways, there are some people out there in this world of a very small minority who, you know, it, it's, it seems like no matter what you do, right. it's extremely hard to get yeah. them to stop engaging in certain behaviors or to sure. get them to. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know what to do yeah. with that, but yeah. we can certainly improve things. But as we improve things, we, we, we have to be careful. You know, you have, yeah. you have to be careful with it. It can't just be led by ideology and emotion yeah. and feeling and just, oh, I just feel like this is a good idea. And so you put in some policy or some crazy idea, yeah. which then yeah. goes on and causes a lot of destruction. So 
Um, we, we'll, we'll get there. I mean, who knows how far we are along in this whole human experiment. Uh, we could mm. still be, we could still be in, in a very primitive <laughs> state for all we know. So yeah, let's um, see. yeah let's see. I won't be alive on this earth to, to see all of the future of it, but um, I'm overall optimistic and I'm, I consider happiness a personality trait more than a temporary mm. move for myself because despite all this stuff and despite all the, you know, we've talked about some things that might be a little, a little dark or negative here, but overall my view on the world and my view on humanity and my life and what I have to be grateful for and always having that perspective, my overall view is always one of optimism and positivity yeah. and wanting mm -hmm. to encourage and inspire people to know that, yeah, you know, you can, you've got a lot of potential you can do better. We can all improve mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally, or communication, mm. everything. There's always room for growth. And that's actually exciting. That's positive. Yeah. Um, even when there's a dip or when there's an overcorrection yeah. Um, yeah. in society yeah. as a whole, even that, even that is an opportunity. That's an opportunity yeah, for you to take certain actions and improve your skills, improve your communication, connect with different mm. people. And I think you, both of you ladies would agree as much as, um, as weird as the past two and a half years have been on multiple levels. I'm sure you've also found that you've connected with yes. and discovered so many oh, yeah. people. Yeah. And there's been this awakening. That's why we're there's, here. There's, yeah, there's this awake, <laughs> there's this awakening that's going on at the same time. It might feel like everyone's yeah. falling asleep, but also there's more people mm. waking up than ever before. And they're yeah. fi we're, we're finding each other yeah. on the internet and connecting yes. in the real world. And I don't know exactly how this is going to go and grow, but there's something, I feel like there's some mm. kind of movement or energy that is being created and, yes. you know, kind of rising up from the chaos yes. there there's yes. something special i don't know exactly what it is or how to describe it but um i feel it a lot of people feel it and see it so we we'll feel see it. where it all goes yeah. oh yeah feel it yeah that's why we're here that's why <laughs> that's how liz and i met is during this time and the source Perfect. connection came to be and all of that so yeah. we have um two quick questions that we usually wrap up with um, but before we get to those, I just want to ask you very quickly, I used to live in Austin. That's where I went to acupuncture school. So how is it now? How's Austin? Austin's great. It's beautiful. Okay. You yeah, like it. I can, I can see Still the good? whole, I can see the whole city out the window from where I am. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so our first question to wrap up is what have you learned about yourself that maybe you didn't know before in the past mm, couple of, couple of years or in your search for truth? Mm. And the second one is, I can repeat this later, but what does your source connection feel like to you? Okay. I think the first thing I've learned is that my level of courage and critical thinking is not the norm. I used to think, I used to think. We're grateful for that. Yeah. I used to think that people like me were, I used to think that more people thought like me. Um, mm and more people would exhibit the same behavior in certain circumstances as I do. And I've learned that actually it's a, it's a small minority. Mm -hmm. um, nice. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but it's, it's something I've realized. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't realize, really think that, I don't know, I was an outlier in that regard, but it turns out that I am. Um, and the second part was, ask the second question again. Uh, what does, however you define it, what does your source connection feel like to you? Mm. I mean, my source connection, I, I would describe it 
I guess, in a somewhat traditional religious Christian sense of how I relate to, to God. Um, I've, I've always felt the presence of God throughout my life. I feel like I'm a very Mm. blessed individual from a very Mm. blessed family at a very blessed time to be alive and at its, at its core, um, much of what I do, almost everything that I do is, is driven by that in terms of Mm. my career, in terms of, my speaking up and speaking out in terms of my everything I create, my music, my writing, talking, all of that is driven by a desire to, I feel like God gives everyone certain gifts in the world. Mm -hmm. And I've been given a certain set of gifts and abilities. And it's therefore my responsibility and my ethical and spiritual duty to use that to help other people. So that's really the core of why at a a deep level, that's why I do what I do. I could make Mm. my life a lot easier in a lot of ways. Um, But I I don't have that notion that, oh, I just should take the, take the easy route or that I should hide my light. You know, it's like, no, Mm. get out there. All the creative energy I have, the thoughts I have, some people won't like it. Some people will like it. Some people won't, but I put that out there and it turns out it's helping a lot of people um, and continues to, and I want to continue in that path. So Mm, that's what that means to me. Thank you, Zuby. And before we go, just tell people where they can find you. And if you want about where they can find your new book too, that you just released. Oh yeah. yeah, We didn't even get to that. I know. I want to talk about (laughs) your children's book. Yeah, it's all good. I'll I'll give it a quick plug here. So um, yeah. On all social media, you can find me at Zuby Music. That is Z-U-B-Y Music. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Follow me on there. And my new book is a children's book called The Candy Calamity. It's all about health, exercise, Mm -hmm. nutrition, and the importance of taking care of your own body. And that is available at candycalamity.com. You can buy that (laughs) wherever you are in the world. It's available internationally. So go to candycalamity.com. And if you've got kids, awesome. check out the book. Awesome. Thank I'm going so to go on the limb here and say, if you got a body, you should go check out the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if, if, you're, if you're an adult, if you're, if you're a solo adult, I've also got a book called Strong Advice, yep. his Guide to Fitness for Everybody. And um, that's probably more, more practical for the grownups. Yeah. Um, and that's available at teamzuby.com. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for being so with much, Zuby. Mm. Appreciate, Appreciate it, ladies. It. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>